Hey, BGT listeners. This episode is brought to you by Aluchi, a new at-home hairstyling service specializing in protective styles like weaves and braids. If you live in the New York City metropolitan area and you want to get your hair done, but you don't want to have to go to the salon, try out Yaluchi. You can get 10% off your first service by using code BGT10. Try it out. It's Shade at Black Girls Texting. I know y'all see my text. You better answer me back. I'm Chelsea Pinky, also known as the washing machine queen. I'm classically trained. Me, 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 me. It's Gwen at Bedside Brat. Wow, you did us. Goodbye. 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 Welcome. Welcome, welcome to Black Girls Texting. Each week we spill tea and each week we let you listeners in on it. I'm Chelsea Pinky, also known as the Washing Machine Queen. I'm Glenn at Bedsty Brat. I'm Sade at Black Girls Texting. And this week we're talking about drumroll, please. Beachella. Beachella. Beyonce. It's B. It's B? It? I don't know. I don't know why people say Bay. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't get it. Well, y'all get the topic. We're talking about Beyonce's Netflix special where she um, gives us a closer inside look to her Coachella performance, which Shade and I actually went to and we were there in the flesh um, week two when she was wearing pink. Um, but yeah, we're just going to break it down since... I don't know. First thoughts, ladies? I loved it. Yeah, you know, we spoke about this in the text. I was so glad that she let us in on it and all. But when I saw the clips of the concert, I was low-key like, okay, girl, I saw this already on the YouTube. Like, (gasps) (laughs) what? I mean, was it not the same thing, kind of? No. I just thought, like, when I saw all... I saw all the hype. I thought I was going to see something like brand new. And then I got these little clips of her behind the scenes, which, I, you know, again, amazing. Was happy for it. But I just wanted more. I wanted so much more. But what I did get, I'm grateful for. I thought they arranged it really nicely. Like all those quotes were a really nice ode to a lot of like alumni of different HBCUs. It was really powerful. Yes. Um, yeah. um, and the fact that she, I guess, did a Coachella performance which Coachella is a predominantly white um, festival. And she brought, she even said, like, I, I could have came there and performed my songs with the flower crown on. And she decided to do something more important, which was bring black culture to the main stage, which I thought so was- So fire. Yeah. And okay, so you went to an HBCU. Were you yes. like proud? Like, how do yeah, you feel? Yeah, I mean, I was shook when I saw it. It was so accurate. I mean, she opened, or I guess it was maybe her second song based on the, like, uh, live recording album, which, by the way, that I really like. Like, listening to that from beginning to end, you can really hear how thoughtfully all those songs were arranged. It it sounds like the soundtrack of to some kind of musical or something. It's really, really cool. But, um... Like singing the national, the black national anthem, like all of that was just so on point. And I kept thinking, like, yo, the black people that were there, 
I'm actually so jealous that y'all were there. Must have felt so seen, like you said before, Chelsea, like in a space that is like kind of white as hell, not even kind of is white as hell. Like the one year I went to Coachella, I was like, what the fuck is this? It was mad <laughs> trance music, mad yeah. Skrillex. I right. felt like everything was demon stuff. There were mad, like, laser. It was just mad demon laser. Just fuck? mad laser shows. Like, so many <laughs> lasers. Like, everybody was on drugs and just lasers everywhere. And I just didn't know any of the music. And I just didn't feel like it was for me. But, mm. like, in Beyonce's show, it felt like it was so for, for me, for us. Um, and so cool that that was the inspiration behind the show. Fucking so genius. And it's so crazy because I have a, a good friend of mine. Um, he's a white male and he goes to Coachella every year and that year he didn't go and I was like why aren't you going it's Beyonce and he was like I don't know it's just like I don't know it doesn't seem like Coachella what (laughs) and what I well if you look at that year that year was particularly black like with with the weekend and Beyonce and Cardi B and I thought I I would say it was particularly very hip-hop the Mm Migos um Obviously, they had EDM artists and rock bands, but not as headliners. So this is a white friend that said it didn't feel like Coachella? Yeah. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? The thing is, I don't find that particularly problematic. Like, I understand where they're coming from, and I really enjoyed that it was, like, so black, and there were those moments that I really felt like, yeah, this is amazing. Like, I'm having a whole reunion of my life because she did like everything like Destiny's Child came out like they really went from like her first solo album and some of Beyonce all the way through so that was amazing but like yeah it wasn't very quote-unquote Coachella because I feel like yeah those EDM heads really like true EDM so I I see where they're coming from (laughs) yeah I mean whatever but we took it over we made it poppin', and um, it got a friggin' Netflix special. And to yeah. be honest, Beyonce's performance is the only thing I really remember from Coachella. Right. It's his. That's it's historic, honestly. Yeah, and she was. The, she it is historic. She was the first Black woman to headline that festival ever. She said, "Ain't that about a bitch?" Yeah. Um, she did that. It, I had a conversation with somebody recently, and we don't even have to get into all the politics behind this, but they were saying something like, you know, it seems convenient when Beyonce decided to embrace her blackness. Later. <laughs> um, Wait, and when, regardless people of, Be- when people come from yeah. Beyonce, I'm very confused. But Beyonce's always very black. I'm confused. Well, to, to make these like outspoken statements about blackness, I guess, in such a deliberate way... Even though you're right, I do believe that like all of the work that she's done has been I mean, of the culture. Was black as fuck. no, yeah, but I mean, okay. But you're talking early. That Beyonce. is when, yeah, I think they. That's people have argued that that has been that, that was her awakening, and I think she might have even publicly spoken on that. That okay. like she felt that she was finally at a point in her career where she could actually start to make music like that. Right. But I also right. think if and we I re- think that's fine. Yeah, and if we were to reflect upon like the journeys it's taken us all to kind of step into that into our blackness and our own ways of understanding it we all have Mm -hmm. had our own journeys there so imagining like the way that she grew up of course like in houston steeped in a certain kind of black tradition but then to be in this industry for so long like yeah it would it would take a while i could see that for sure she had to play the game for a long time 
But now she don't get no fucks. Right. Yeah, that's so interesting, the idea of, like, playing the game. Um, I was reading, and this isn't really related, but I was reading some article about this woman who, like, did a... She was, like, a whistleblower um, at CBS, I believe it was. And she was talking about, like, all the, like, racial and... and um, yeah, mostly racial injustices she faced working in corporate America and how she would always say, I'm not going to go to HR until I'm at a certain position. Um, how does that relate? That mm-hmm. relates mm-hmm. because um, it's kind of like, I feel like we we kind of wait till we're set up to like bring our full selves to situations, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And I feel like Beyonce kind of did the same thing. Like she was growing her career kind of playing it safe in a way being pretty um pretty accessible to everyone i guess and now she's beyonce and she can do whatever she wants and she chose to really cater to her black audience yeah she showed up for us for sure showed up and like just showed the beauty and like even in the documentary the way how she spoke about all the young dancers and the musicians um and the singers she was like so much damn swag like all these young black kids like killing it all the all the talent that she was so easily able to to put together to have in her show from all over the world too and one thing that was so cool is she like actually like handpick people that are a part of marching bands from HBCUs like yeah. they really did their like they st- they studied it. It was it was fire. Um, I think it's really interesting too. You know, a lot of people have been talking about HBCUs a lot more as a result of. I mean, you know, it's always part of the conversation. But I feel like this these past few weeks, there's so much um, like the lens or like a lot of people are looking at HBCUs right now with not yeah. only you know the the documentary dropped and then like a couple days later that was that there was that whole story about. The, all those white people are walking their dogs across Howard's yard. Yes. And people are talking about all the things we need to do to preserve, like, um, these institutions and respect them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one thing that we were talking a lot about in our group chat was, like, just the, the, the concept of HBCUs and how, yeah, all of this has made us reflect on, on them and on our own college experiences. I know personally I'm watching the documentary, looking at it like, wow, like, Howard – being an alumna Howard, I'm looking back at Howard like, wow, you were like that fine nigga that I was dating and should have been really t- like paying attention to you, but I was trying to hoe around and go to <laughs> fucking spend my weekends at Georgetown and GW <laughs> with white people because I thought that they were doing like traditional quote unquote college things like going to frat parties where people are doing keg stands and like whatever else. And, like, yeah, we did keg stands and did beer pong and all that kind of stuff at Howard, too. But I don't know. And, Shade, you said something about that particularly, too, about, like, what that kind of college experience would be like to be at an all-black mm. school. Yeah, so, so before we even get into that, I definitely sent a clip of school days to our, like, Instagram group chat. And then I also sent it to my sister because I was like, they're probably not going to know either. And I was like, what movie I is knew this? that was school days. And my sister was like... I don't even have to open this clip and I know it's school day. She's like, I have failed you. And I was like, yeah, you have. Like, this is your fault that I don't know this shit. You also but, haven't seen um, Players Club. Yeah. No, I haven't seen like any of the classic movies, but I I honestly blame 
my sisters so whatever I'm just not gonna take the fall for that one but um anyways I definitely did mention that like I don't know I couldn't necessarily see myself even now choosing to go to an HBCU and I know that probably sounds so crazy and people are gonna be like what the fuck um and I can openly admit like that could be just my own ignorance to like the experience and what that would be like but for me I really liked my college experience and I don't know for me I enjoyed the diversity in terms of like outside of white people so like there were black people there were international people there were whatever all types of people and I don't know I definitely have stereotypes of Howard for sure that I'm like oh like you speak know, on the stereotypes say, people say you know Howard is like all the girls get up and like beat their faces and do their hair and get dressy to go to class and the whole like sorority thing and I was like I don't know if that would have necessarily been for me that's not to say that that's all Howard is but that's definitely something that I had in my mind at the time of going to school and I mean if I'm gonna be honest an HBCU had never crossed my mind when I was applying for school like that just wasn't something that I ever thought about why do you think you didn't consider it and did you ever consider it Chelsea um, so in high school, I remember actually it was like a big moment in my life when, you know, when you're applying to schools, my high school only let you apply to 10 schools. So that was the cap. They would only give you 10 transcripts. Um, so I'm, you know, sifting through all the schools that I would want that I could see myself at. And I remember the college counselor saying, you should apply to Howard. You should apply to Spelman. You should apply to, I don't know, another one, Jackson State. And I'm like, Yo, why is this woman only giving me HBCUs? Hmm. Was she black? Oh, no, you went to a, uh, one of them kind I went of to schools. a very white high school. Yeah. So I was like, I, was, I told my mom, and my mom drove up there and was like, don't try to limit my daughter, da da da, da. Like, Which, on one side, is, is understandable. Like, your kid is at this white school, and the, uh, the college counselor is only giving them a list of black schools, hmm. right? But on one side, it's also like, what is wrong with that? Like, there's so much prestige in Howard. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even really think about it. But when, during Beyonce's documentary, she was pulling quotes from all these prominent black figures, probably the smartest black people of history. Of all time. Some of. Yeah. Of all time. And they all went to HBCUs. Um, so it was super interesting experience. But... So when I was in high school, the answer is no. I absolutely did not want to go to an HBCU. I felt like that would be super limiting, like, for me. And then I ended up going to a super, super, super white school um, where in many, during many occasions, I was the only black person in the room, in the classroom, in the party, um, et cetera, et cetera. And did I enjoy my college experience? Yes, I had a fucking blast in college getting shit-faced every day. Um, But I do wish that I could have, that I could have had an HBCU experience. Like, I'm thinking about A Different World and, like, all those shows. and And I guess Love and Basketball wasn't an HBCU, but, you know, all those, like, 90s love stories. And I'm like... Oh, I wish I, you know, had that experience <laughs> of being around black excellence and having professors that looks like me. And in some ways, I think that would have made uh, 
what's the word like connections even stronger with my professors um mm. i don't know i feel yeah. like in hbcu there's like love yeah i feel so many different ways about this like the i want to talk a little bit more about what you guys are saying like the idea of limiting right because when i was applying for i applied for a bunch of different schools trying to even think of I apply, that's so crazy that they only let you apply for 10 I feel like I applied for a bunch because my grades were kind of sus and I'm legacy at Howard but I mean maybe that factored into things maybe it didn't I don't know ultimately when I went to Howard no I never told anybody who my mom was even though her picture was hanging in the like hall of fame in the school of communications and then it wasn't until my senior year that people were like hold up is what that's crazy and like a lot, all the other legacy kids made people know from made sure people knew from jump that that's what was going on right. there. But I wasn't interested in playing that kind of game, or I didn't really realize like the value in that kind of thing. But what I knew about HBCUs was that, or Howard specifically, um, was that I wanted to do PR. The communications program was supposed to be amazing, and they had this like, like I don't, I guess famous or like notable like job fair at the end of the year where like. So many people got jobs at the top, like, agencies across the country because they were coming specifically to an HBCU to because they wanted to diversify their companies and they mm-hmm. knew they would find the best black talent there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. I'm going to graduate with a job. And, like, the people around me are all on that same page. And that ended up being kind of the thing that threw me off. When I arrived there in freshman year, they made me pick my major. And there wasn't that sense of, like, oh, let's explore. It's like the people that came there were like, oh, I know what I want to do. Or at least they thought they knew what they wanted to do. And they were there to work, to take those four years to work towards that. Like, school of B, they're wearing suits every day because they're getting ready to be, like, in the C-suite. Damn. You know? Yes. Mm. Wow. Wait, but isn't that how, to be fair, Shade and I both went to super white liberal arts colleges. I feel like most colleges are like that, right? Where you go in and you pick your major. Yeah, I think so. You know what? Maybe you're right. I stayed away yeah, from no, that is liberal arts schools. I was like, I, I don't have no time yeah. to be playing around, trying to experiment <laughs> with stuff. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, I mean that was a big part of why I chose like the schools that I chose. Like, similar to Glenn, I wanted to do PR, so I was looking at like some like top PR schools. I really wanted to go to California, and then I was like, oh, just kidding. And then I also was like, in the latter rounds of getting into posse so it was like a lot of those schools were the LAC's liberal arts colleges and so it kind of just turned out to be that I was like oh cool like I was in the rounds of posse to go to Vanderbilt and I was like tell the folks what posse is oh posse is like the scholarship foundation actually if we have any young listeners I hope we don't have listeners that are in high school but you know what you can listen to this episode um and um it is a program that will pay for you to go to school for all four years, but it's like a cohort of just like different people. And I guess it's really used to kind of like diversify these typically very white schools. Um, PWIs as people like to say. Mm -hmm. So it's like a group of black people, right? Um, No, there'll be people from everywhere, but it's typically like um, you're either, the diversity will be in, ethnicity race financial status or Mm -hmm. just like where you're from like there'll be like white kids but they're like from an inner city or something like that um 
And so I was in Paso to go to Vanderbilt, which is located in Tennessee. And I was like, fuck no, I do not want to go to Tennessee. And it was another like point of contention because this other girl in my college, in my high school also was in the runnings for um, Vandy. And she really wanted to go there. So it was so awkward. I was like, oh, my God. I like I started hoping I didn't get it, even though I was like, oh, it would be nice to go to school for free. But <laughs> then at that time, I had visited a lot of the schools that were posse schools. So I went to like trinity Concal, wesleyan and i was like oh my god i love this like it was like out of the city it was like small like i loved the idea of being in class with like four or five people like that's something that i really want to do and just taking like random courses so i think that's really where i kind of align myself in terms of my college choices but mm. yeah i i i mean i'm not surprised that hbcus kind of never crossed my mind i mean my sister went to clark um, and then one of my other sisters was in Posse, so she ended up going to DePauw in um, Greencastle, Indiana. And mm-hmm. um, <laughs> But then she, like, left and went to University of Virginia or some shit. I don't know. She was always leaving schools. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I mean, knowing how I feel now, I'm not surprised. Like, even then when I probably was not even, like, blackness was not even as important of a factor to me as it is now that I did I had not a care in the world to go to an HBCU wasn't even so this this is so interesting when you said your sister went to Clark I remember I wanted to put Clark and Morgan State as my safety schools and all my mentors were like oh no mm -mm, those cannot be your safeties don't even apply to those schools which is like high-key shady but it was like what does that mean if if I was going to apply for HBCU it had to be Spelman Howard Hampton, like oh, the elites. Um, mm. And I only threw, I, actually, I don't even, at the end of the day, I didn't even apply to Spelman because it was liberal arts, even though in retrospect, I think Spelman would have been amazing. I don't know how they amazing. break down. I don't know anything about in terms of like the, everyone's like the real HU and like Hampton versus Howard. Oh, uh, that's just so funny because really, Hampton yeah, was funny. Hampton Institute to begin with. So we're like, y'all are Institute, Hampton Institute. <laughs> um, so it's just like all in good fun or whatever. But I know I went down to see Hampton. I was like, this shit looked dry as fuck. It's like on a ravine or something. It's mad oh, quiet. Oh, I thought it was beautiful. I just was like, this is too dry. I also really wanted to go to school in a in a city. Like I just all my mm. my my thoughts were on like you need to grind. I didn't even I never wanted to go to college. So it's like if I just have to do it, I gotta get it out of the way. And I went to visit Howard, and I was like, this is kind of lit. I like that everybody was like taking pride in how they looked, which it's funny mm. because like two months into being at Howard, I was literally wearing sweats and a bonnet to the cafeteria. And I wouldn't even go to like <gasps> the popping cafeteria because I didn't want anybody to see me. I would go to the all girls <laughs> dorm and I would get high as fuck and just like go eat and watch like like all the movies on BET that would come on in the early <laughs> afternoon and just chill. But I think and I don't I didn't even realize all the things that were happening to enrich my sense of self there. It all like happened later like all those things came together whereas a lot of my other classmates felt so comfortable there their their whole time in all that blackness and all these different representations of blackness where I felt like I don't know kind of isolated but we talk about this a lot I think like being black people from New York City from Brooklyn is such a different kind of identity is so diasporic and yeah. I was down there with like a lot of Southern people. I remember they were playing trap music at all the parties and I'd never heard it before in my life. I didn't know how to dance to it. <laughs> I was like, where's the reggae? Music? 
<laughs> yeah, I did not know what to do. Me and my roommate was, were both from Brooklyn. We did not know what to do. Like, I was going to all the Caribbean meetups, like, just trying. Were you in CSA? Caribbean people meet. Yeah, this, no, I used to just go to all the CSA parties. <laughs> That's and so just funny. try to be yeah, around them. Popping. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But so good. I don't know. But, but the limiting thing. Oh, sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say real quick. Like one of my friends when I was applying was telling me like, don't go to no black school. You're gonna get trapped in an all black world. You wanna go to school around all black people. That's no way to live. Da 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 da. And it's just so crazy to me. It's this like thing of like, is that not wor- Is there something unworthy about that? Is that not good enough? And I really put some I really had believed her and thought that it wasn't like that going to an all-black school meant that that school was not as good when really Mm -hmm. like it turns out some of the most impressive people like all of my classmates are killing it it's fucking crazy and the way I think I was looking at the way some of my classes were or like the way some of my classmates were like wiling it's just like what kids in college do and who am I to talk I never fucking went to class I was finessing my way through that whole damn school and that's one thing people say is that, like, those schools will teach you how to fucking finesse and how to, like, play the game, how to work the system. Because I was finessing. Before mm-hmm. we get into the part about what your friend said, because I think there's some a lot to unpack there. I don't want to take us totally left field, but I don't want to lose my train of thought. I really think about the black kids that go to white schools and not big white schools, like not huge state schools where there's like thousands of people and like it's fine if you're black because there's like 2,000 people there already like mm-hmm. my, my school that's the whole fucking school is 2,000 people and there might be like 70 black people it's like interesting to me when you find those groups of people who go there and kind of try to discover their blackness or like solely hang out with other black people because that was my biggest beef like Mm. I didn't really get along with a lot of black people at my school just Mm. because like for one I did this program at my school and it was um fuck I can't remember what it was called but it was kind of like you go to the school early and it was really like hey all you like black and like brown people oh my god you did that too and like yeah so did I friends I mean I only did it because I wanted to choose my room (laughs) I was like oh I can go early and like settle all my shit in great choose to go do that I was in a double and so I just wanted to like see what the double was gonna be like and like get the better room so I was like word I'm gonna go early get all that taken care of lo and behold my double ended up having a door in between it so it really didn't matter but um I went and I like hated it. It was just so fucking weird. I was like, how is this going to like help people of color or like inner city people or people of different like financial status feel comfortable when it really feels like you're just saying like, hey, all you guys like come together and like make friends before all the white kids come Mm. and like fuck your shit up. So that really pissed me off. Wait, is that not actually an important thing to do? Because that does that does happen for a lot of people, for a lot of black students. and maybe it's yeah. just me, but I feel like that does not help because at least in my experience at my school, it became this like, OK, all the like black kids got together. All the older black kids were like, listen, the people at the front are going to like you. You're not going to get in. You can't do this. You can't do that. You mm. need to hang out with us. You need to come to the black oh house. You God, need to go to the black the party. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like they're on some weird culty shit. And I was like, nah, I'm not about that. Like you're not going to tell me where I can and cannot go or what I should and should not do. Like, I'm just going to experience it for myself. And then, you know, just saying like 
just really fucked up shit like oh this frat like treats the black people like slaves and like does all this just wild shit that people mm. would say was that true that, like i really i mean from the stories i heard it was just like oh the black kid had to clean up the frat and it's like no all fucking pledges clean the frat like i know people mm. who are in these fraternities and like maybe there was some like low-key racist shit going on i wouldn't be surprised but like whatever so there's that and then I feel like it also would have been better to just have like a time where all freshmen come onto campus early and you just go into little like groups of like smaller people. Someone does the due diligence to like mix it up. So it's Mm -hmm. like a a diverse mix. And you just like talk about shit. You talk about fucking sexual assault. You talk about like how to handle transitioning. You talk about just topics that are going to relate because no matter what, we all are like going into a totally new experience and while yes it probably is very comfortable for white people like that's the reality of society like it's not like you go out into every day and someone's like here black people all of you get together for, for you to feel comfortable like when you get to your job like that's not gonna happen like no that's so true why to, would we create this thing that makes I feel like black and brown people feel singled out when it really needs to be like hey you guys are all fucking freshmen none of you know shit so why don't you all come here together and like feel uncomfortable together and get vulnerable together? Will that necessarily always work? No, but I feel like that's better than to just like off the top be like creating this divide. That's just how I feel. I mean, oh God, you're making me think so many things. I mean, that already probably yeah. instills a sense of like anxiousness or um, like paranoia off, off jump, right? But I started to think about like the parallel to going to an all-black school right it kind of and, and all of us like a lot of the people that I went to school with now of course work in place corporate America where they're they are not working at an all-black place like they do have to engage with people of all sorts of backgrounds but there's something maybe empowering or I'm going to say maybe it was for me about having that kind of time just to explore your own identity without having to think about mm-hmm. it on all these other different kind of terms about how other people are receiving mm-hmm. it. So then you can walk away now feeling like this different kind of confidence and then go off into the world. So like while that's happening on a, like a macro level, like at an HBCU, maybe that's the intention on a micro level um, at your school. But I remember going to, I was looking at Emerson and I was like trying to fight my way into that school. Again, my grades were trash, but they did let me in. But I went to go see the school and this black girl was saying like she felt like she had to defend all black things. If anything about blackness came up in the class discussion, everybody looked at her. It was all this Mm -hmm. shit. And I was just like, that sounds like some work that I don't want to have to do. Like I want to just be a student and like, being a Howard allowed that for me in, in, in some ways, like I did spend a lot of time being extremely insecure and like on edge because it was just a crazy kind of place. It was like, everyone just normal. seems like so, yeah. It's, right. Um, yeah, that's, I think that's going to happen anywhere, but, um, I don't know having so many thoughts right now. Cause I also went to my college early in like a, uh, people of color kind of thing. I don't know if it was everyone who got a full ride or I don't know, but it was a part of the deal for college to be free was I had to go early. So I went early. I didn't talk to anybody for two weeks, was being mad stank because (laughs) I was like a little stuck up high school girl, thought I was like the shit. And I don't know, these people weren't people that I would be friends with in New York um, for the most part. 
Oh my and god, I was the same way. Yeah, and and then and then we all became friends, whatever, and then school started and whatever we stayed friends, but then you're also meeting friends of different races and then sophomore year happens and at my college that's when you rush. So it was kind of a thing that was told to us, similar to what Shade said, by the older black kids. Like, rushing ain't for us. Like, uh, that's what white kids do, whatever. But I was like, I'm in college. Like, I want to have the college experience. So I rush, get into, like, the what was considered at my school, like, the pretty girl sorority. And I get in, and I remember feeling like, because the next day you wear, like, your sorority shirt. So everyone knows what sorority you got into. And I'm wearing it around campus. And literally one of the professors that, who, by the way, is a white man from Kansas, um, one of the professors who led the early arrival program for black kids was like, I didn't make the proper choice as a black woman. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah, which was which was super hurtful. And yeah, what the fuck? And pretty divisive because I don't know if he planted that seed into the other black kids' heads. But similar to what Shade said, um, a lot of the black girls didn't like me. And it was really shitty because I was like, like, I'm I'm not running for my blackness at all. I'm just like trying to have fun at college and go to parties and stuff. And all the social stuff in my school was Greek life. Um, But then the older I got, like, and I'm saying post-college... I kind of understand where they're coming from because I am privileged in many ways. And one way is I am a palatable black person. And some of these girls that, you know, did ended up not liking me during college, they unfortunately, they were not palatable. Like there was no way they were getting into those sororities. There was no way they were getting into the frat parties. And so for them, they had four years of like, feeling ostracized and feeling um you know not good about themselves and Mm -hmm. or or feeling like they could only go into the black uh the black residence and that's the only time that they can bring them their full selves out for four years you know that that must be horrible and um yeah i don't know where i'm going with this but it definitely could have been a totally different experience had i not been who I am yeah that no, that's absolutely true and I and I understand how those girls feel like I'll never forget I had one day where I was going into this frat and like to get into the frats you have to like know someone in the frat at the door so I was going and like all these black girls who like I had slowly kind of like befriended they also just didn't fuck with me because like I was fucking all their guys but I didn't know they were their guys whatever it was complicated um, I was just like the new like fresh meat so it was like oh yeah. new black girl all the black guys are like word what's up and um, so that was like another factor but once they kind of like finally warmed up to me and stopped being little bitches they were like, oh, okay, like, we want to go to a frat with you. So I was like, cool. So I took them all out. And I was, like, excited. I was like, you know, it's fun. Like, just let your hair down, have a good time, and, like, just get fucked up. Just do it for one night. And we went to the frat, and I was, like, going to the door, and I was telling the guys, like, who I was bringing in. But it was, like, taking me a little while because, like, there was a really long line. Like, I had to go in and, like, find the brother that I knew and, like, have him come to the door or whatever. And... I guess in the time that they were waiting, they, like, thought I wasn't going to come back or they thought I, like, ditched them. And, like, 
I could just tell like when I came back out like they were so uncomfortable like they were the only black people like waiting in line for the frat they probably didn't feel like very welcome probably like all those thoughts of like not you know being palatable or whatever were going through their minds and like I kind of got into it with one of them because they were like what the fuck like I thought you like were leaving us out here like all this shit and I was just like damn like this is crazy like I'll never know like what that experience is like but what I will say is that I wish more black people at my school during that time because I won't speak for everyone else kind of went into things with a little bit more of and like an open mind and I solely say that because unfortunately white people are the majority in all spaces and you not in an HBCU just okay yes but outside of that like white people are majority in all spaces and you can't constantly live in this like I guess world of like fear and anxiety about that and I and I wish they just kind of like took the plunge and then decided you know okay this is for me or this isn't for me like I'll never forget when I kind of converted one friend over to what we would like call a frat rat and like senior year she got super into EDM and would come with me to all the frats and she was like what the fuck I've been missing out on this for like three years and then like after college we would like go to all the like EDM like small hole-in-the-wall concerts in New York and it was funny but like when we first got there she was like no no way like I won't be accepted I won't like it my hair's gonna smell like cigarettes I can't (laughs) do it and when she finally like you know just I get maybe felt like more confident like it was okay and she even like has told told me that she kind of had like a like little racial dispute or what she felt was a racial dispute but like she was like you know what I just realized like that's just an asshole like I'm not gonna let them like change how I feel about all frats or all white people at Trinity I think that's beautiful (laughs) but um I don't know it's like is like is it like when you I guess when you use the word converted I like kind of got like a little a little sharp needle in my back because I'm like um I feel like and I think I mentioned this to you all over text, but I feel like sometimes our people, black people, um, and not sometimes, it's a, it's a, it's a way to survive, to uh, assimilate. Um, but, oh, what am I trying to say without sounding like a bitch? It is, I don't know, I feel like sometimes you got to stand up for something. And I'm not, like, trying to be holier than thou. Like, I'm feel like I'm just coming into my blackness um, at in late 20s but I don't know like 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 take me how I am almost I feel like there's a lot of code switching that goes on hey. um, which again is it's survival right you you have to you have to fit in you know and and you have to be understandable and whatever um, in the workplace or in school but it's just like I just want to be my full, total self, like, and as much as people like to say, oh, I don't code switch, blah, 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 like, I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and no. everyone does it, and it's just, like, I feel like really good people should just be able to take you as you are, and I feel like the the exciting thing about an HBCU to me as someone who didn't even experience it is you're right in every in the workplace you're gonna have to deal with stuff in 
in life you're gonna have to deal with stuff but like this would be four years of just like being around black people and like just having that experience that you could never get anywhere else really in this country so i have two points to that and then like i will we'll let glenn jump in because i feel like we're having like our whole like pwi girl moment (laughs) but i would say that it's twofold for me like me being my full self and like me just being me i don't think it i would have felt comfortable in a in a black school just because I don't feel as though like my full identity is within blackness and and I know that might sound crazy and Whoa. like who's to say what blackness is defined by yada 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 but like when you say like oh I feel like I could just be myself like I feel like I couldn't be myself around like everyone and yeah there is that code switching and I feel like people code switch in every environment that they're in mm-hmm. I'm gonna get really nerdy because I wrote my whole thesis on transculturation and how like you can you can you know adapt to your environment but then also find that sense of self so like my whole thesis was literally on like the concept of having a dual identity so I studied Chinese people living in Argentina and it and I asked so many people like how do you identify do you call yourself Chinese Do you call yourself Argentinian do you prefer to speak Spanish do you prefer to speak Chinese what types of food do you prefer to have and it was so fascinating to find these people that were able to kind of like mend and weld this culture and I know that that's an extreme but, but I feel like transculturation can be applied to so many different aspects of our life and do that's white a really people cool ever thing. have to code switch I don't know if white people have to code switch but I'll definitely see like even some of my white friends like when they come around more of my black friends they might not necessarily feel uncomfortable but be like ooh, like I want to be like more hip or more in the know it's so different from like their white ass families that probably live in like the middle of some suburb and I understand that they probably don't code switch as much as we do um but I feel like code switching has a really negative connotation that it doesn't necessarily need to have and Mm. and there's a big difference I think between like assimilation as well in regards to the the connotation that assimilation has like for me if I'm uptown and I'm with mad Dominicans I'm gonna start probably dropping some Spanish in there and I'm probably gonna switch up how I'm talking and switch up what I'm doing and same thing if my ass went all the way to the south same thing if I went to Grenada same thing if I'm in you know uh, I mean I ideally do not want to go to a space that's like super super duper white but like when I'm with my white girls you will probably hear me using like more of my quote-unquote like white slang when I go back to Brooklyn I use more Brooklyn slang when I'm in the bay I use bay slang like there's nothing wrong with that I don't think that that's not being your true self I think it's just showing all the facets of the type of person that you are okay I'm done I'm gonna I'm like I'm dying oh my god I have so much to say so much to say um what I want to say is I don't think okay the the uh the example that you just gave sorry the fucking like rough riders outside my window right now it's so hot i have to keep my window open i'm so sorry if you guys heard motorcycles um uh i don't think like they're example of the the chinese (laughs) argentinians and all these other examples that you just gave of like the ways that you can like kind of flow through all these different spaces i don't know that that's necessarily code switching and i would love to see like i would have to do this research what code switching officially means because I'm, I'm harping on that word code which means like what is the code who sets the code and are you mm. are switching so that you're performing for a certain way to be accepted or to move or whatever in a certain way right so code switching kind of sounds like you're changing um to fit that right that is not the definition is it not what's the definition no. the, so i just 
it, you could say Wikipedia, but also my understanding of this is very similar. It's basically like an alteration occurs when a speaker alternates between two or more languages or language varieties in the context of a single conversation. Multilingual speakers of more than one language sometimes use elements of multiple languages when conversing with each other. Sounds like Spanglish to me. Oh, well, I yeah, stand corrected. I, I don't think, no, I think that there is like a sociological term and then there's what you can look up in the dictionary. Um, same thing with like racism and all that stuff. They're not going to put like black people can't be racist, whereas sociologists would tell you that. Um, so I think that's different. I think it. I think it has to do with like a cultural, um, uh, like a cultural, like what you said, like a like, code of conduct. Yeah, like you know it's appropriate to do this here, and you know it's not so appropriate to do it here. Like I'm not going to go to, I don't know. I don't want to give an example, but so, I mean, I know what you guys are saying, but I feel like there is like the negative aspect of code switching. But I also feel like code switching doesn't solely have no that completely negative stance. Well, what like, I was going to say is I think that's you great. You go into the Jamaican restaurant and you be like, let me get that. I tell like, Nick, yes. you don't have a Jamaican accent. Right. But yes. you're informed by it because you live it and you know it and it's a part of you. And I mm. think that I mean, that was something I was able to find and express more going to Howard, like, I think I probably talked about this before on the, the show, I'm not sure, but they would say that, like, Howard has its own kind of dialect, or its own kind of, like, Howard slang, where you walk away and you're, you say hella, and mad, and sus, and John, because you're talking to people from Philly, and Cali, and New York, and right. people from the South, and you could, you could flow through, and, and Caribbean people, and you could flow through all those conversations, and, and, like, you know, one day be chilling with, like, a bunch of skaters from from LA and smoking mad weed with them or then chilling with like a bunch of hippies like we people that I used to chill with at my house and be playing the bongos and like reading poetry and like getting tattoos or whatever the fuck or with some bougie girls going to the club like you could do it all and all those people are black you know you could even be with some girls that talk like quote-unquote white girls or mm -hmm. listen to EDM like all of that is true, and you get to see all those multiplicities of blackness, and you never have to limit yourself in any way, actually. It kind of just expands That's um, who point. you thought you could be, right? Yeah. Like, your identity. I appreciate you saying that, because I feel like people try to associate, you know, being your true black self with just being like, nigga, 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 blah, 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 blah. No. Like, yeah, no. But I mean, I, I gotta say, like when I first went to Howard, a part of the reason why I felt so isolated or so closed off or whatever is because I felt like I don't know, maybe I was just engaging with a certain kind of scene, mm -hmm. and it was like you know these kind of lit people or whatever. And every time I went to any of the parties or any of the spaces, I felt so uncomfortable. Like I felt like I wasn't myself, and I felt like oh shit, because I'm not uh, identifying with these people. Am I not? Not necessarily not black enough, but I, mm -hmm. it was most, mostly like I'm supposed to feel safe here because right. everybody here is like me. And why don't I feel safe here or like comfortable here? And I mean, that's mm -hmm. something to think about, too. Like, you know what you're saying, Shadi, like you might not have felt completely comfortable. Like, that's a thing. It, it took me until like my junior year to really find my people. But in, in my efforts to find them, I flowed through so many different circles that allowed mm -hmm. me to see so many different things. And then now I find myself in the circles with these kind of like those same people that I felt isolated from in the beginning that I now see in like entirely new lights. Um, yeah. And it's just fucking cool. And I feel very lucky. And y'all niggas are coming to homecoming next year. I would love that. Um, I think like a piece of the whole college experience, no matter where you go, is like 
you're so immature and you're so insecure and like young and like even if you think you're you've got it all like no you know like and and that can be present at a at an HBCU at a PWI whatever um I know my cousin went to Howard and dropped out because he said his like blackness was constantly being questioned now my cousin looks like kind of Mexican um or Latino um and but (laughs) sorry but I mean we're uh you know you know what I mean indigenous um but he considers himself black and didn't have a good time at Howard because I guess he wasn't fitting into that mold and also was like from a super white neighborhood in New Jersey so lots of layers there um yeah, so I'm not saying that it's like a perfect a perfect world. I'm just like, when else can you have that experience? Like, I don't know. And some of the quotes like really stood out to me during Beyonce's performance. Like, you can't be what you can't see, um, which was Marion Wright Edelman. And um, mm. what was another one? Uh, education must not simply teach work. It must teach life. Uh, W.E.B. Du Bois. Um, there were so many great quotes. And mm-hmm. by the way, all of these people went to HBCUs. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've said this once before, and I'll say it all the time, and I'll just be that person that wants this, like, flower child utopia. But I wish there could just be, you know, this ideal world that you could just be happy in whatever space you're in. And I know that's not reality. And I think that that's what's so important about HBCUs, that give people that opportunity. But... I also feel like it's important for black people to try to be themselves in whatever space they're in um, and feel comfortable in, you know, switching it up if you want to. Like, if you want to fucking go to an EDM concert and talk like you're from the Valley, that's what the fuck you want to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. Doesn't make you less black. That doesn't make you trying to be white. If you're a fucking anime nerd and you want to learn Japanese and go hang out with a bunch of Japanese kids, that doesn't make you less black or make you less anything, less masculine, less anything. Like, I just I just hope that in due time there can be this, like, beautiful um, duality or more than duality, just, like... Multiplicity. Di- yeah, multiplicity in, in identities that's acceptable everywhere that we go, um, and that's a big part of like what my college studies were about from like a sociological slash like I was an international studies major like I wrote a lot about this so I, like I don't know I think it's really really interesting no I from totally an agree. perspective yeah I think I mean obviously that's like the dream right for like also for there there's not to be racism and sexism and all that stuff um but I also think another thing that an HBCU provides is just a celebration of specifically blackness and a celebration of specifically black history if you even think about how our education system works we're barely really learning about any black history like unless you're you're seeking that out um and i think i think that's another really valuable part of the experience of going to an hbcu with black um educators yeah, like all the source texts you use are just by black authors, just off rip, like no question. Like yeah, you're just I was reading, seeing yourself there. 
Mm-hmm. I was reading Ta-Nehisi Coates, uh, Between the World and Me, and he talked about his experiences in the Howard Library and how every book, maybe I'm misquoting, but I'm pretty sure he said like every book in this one library was written by a, a fucking black genius and how that made him feel as a black man to, to, to know that, yeah, you could turn on the TV and see like black men in jail or black men selling crack, but this place where he was spent his formative years, he was surrounded by really smart black men and really smart black women and like how that helped develop him into the person he is. And I think it's just a testament, like people who have gone to HBCUs, the strong connections that they feel. Like Kamala Harris, on uh, February 12th, she like pushed through this bill and it's all about preserving and improving HBCU buildings and sites. Um, I just wanna read a quick quote. She said, I am thrilled that the Senate Senate has passed my bill to reauthorize a program to protect and preserve historic HBCU buildings and sites like the ones I came to love during my time at Howard University. And I feel like everyone who I've talked to that went to an HBCU, except my cousin, (laughs) um, has so much positive things to say about it. And again, I have so many positive things to say about my white-ass college. Um, But I also know black kids who I maybe don't have a close relationship to, but I love simply because they're black. I'll keep it a buck. And they had a horrible experience. And I feel like if these white schools aren't taking care of those kids, that needs to be fixed. It's so hard. I feel like what we're all saying is that we all came to finding a sense of confidence and sense of self in these three unique ass ways. And however we did it along the way, we have like this pride in our blackness and I think that's just probably the case for so many people they come upon it in whatever ways that they do and it's just a good thing that you find it either however you can and what what's for some is for some and what isn't is isn't um one thing that just came to my mind though was like the last time I was up at my school I was talking to some of my professors and they were like this is like fucked up I don't even want to say this (laughs) but they were like god I, I wish like more like like, cause I went to school and I, I studied abroad. I had all the internships. I did all the things, which a lot of kids at Howard did too. But they were like, I wish more kids were doing things. More kids here were doing it like the way you're doing it. Like a lot of the girls here, all they care about are hair weaves and high heels and this and that and the third. Like, it's just really disappointing. Like what this school is doing for our legacy and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, shit. But again, I think it's it was a good point that you made Chelsea and what we kind of talked about before. It's like, these are 17-year-old kids from sometimes small-ass towns, and now you're going to Howard, which people talk about in rap songs, and now you feel like you're... Yeah, like, now you feel like you're kind of on some Hollywood shit, on some kind of, on some shit, and, like, trying to keep up. And I think Mm -hmm. that's kind of, in some ways, why I did like the idea of PWIs, because it felt like there wasn't that same kind of pressure, but then at the same time, why I thought Howard was so popping, because, like, Homecoming would come around, and, like, you're at a table next to Trey Song's, and like feeling like you're literally a video vixen and you just grow up really fucking fast and it's just lit as hell. And, and don't get it twisted. There are pressures. They're just different. Like I wasn't going to be freaking gain 20 pounds because then the girls in my sorority, like not, I'm, I'm not saying that I was thinking about this, but like there are different sorts of pressures, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately it's just like we all just want spaces to be our fucking selves. Yeah, I mean, I I say this all the time. If I was 
the way that I am now, I don't think I would have been able to go to Trinity or I like I would have gone, but it would have been such a different experience. Like then I definitely didn't pick up on like, I mean, I fucking hate this word, but like quote unquote, like microaggressions or things that might've been like so outwardly racist to some people that I was like, what? That's not racist. No. (laughs) So it probably would have been like a totally different experience. But I think that we all kind of, yeah, go through these things because that's kind of like our path. I just hope that like, you know, all kids, all students can kind of find that self-confidence that I think college kind of teaches you through having to make certain decisions for yourself and finding your right group and finding your right groove. Like it's so funny to see yourself from freshman year to senior year and that growth that you have. That's really what it's all about. But I, I do really appreciate your point, Chelsea, um, speaking to Tani Hasse Coates and like how he spoke about, you know, finding that beauty and, and seeing black authors and a really strong black author at that, because yeah, that, that doesn't really happen. And, and for some people, I feel like that is really, really, really important to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I also feel like people just, you, you gotta be confident in yourself no matter what, but that is important. Representation is important. So I won't like knock that. Oh my God. Last thing before we go on. Um, I was just thinking more and more about literally how much I fucking hated my school. When I first got there, I was miserable. I used to post Facebook statuses. Sometimes they pop up like, this is the thing you said 17 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, Howard is a hellhole. Like, I used to be shitting I on it. everyone does that. <laughs> but, like, maybe everybody does that. But I just really, I had all this self-hatred, kind of, but, like, black hatred in a way, just because I just felt like, I don't know. It was just really fucked up in a lot of ways. But I started to think about Wait, all black these people. hatred? Not, yeah, no, I put that in the wrong terms. But, like. Yeah, clean that up. Yeah, um, because like I was saying, like the ways I didn't feel like I could identify with anybody around me, it made me it put this like angst in me and it made me just want to like shit on everybody. Like, uh, like kind of what you were saying too earlier, Chelsea, like these aren't people I would hang out with in New York. I'd be like, who listens to this country ass music? Who does this? Who does that? This school ain't shit. Da, 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 da. Like, it was just so, so negative. Um, yeah, New York way. I don't know, but uh, so many people took me to the side. And, um, like, people, just random-ass people. I had a random-ass mentor, like, all these other students. People would see me writing all this crazy shit on Facebook and be like, do you need to talk? Or they would run into me on campus and be like, how are you feeling? Like, you really not feeling it? Like, you want to talk? Nice. And it was just so beautiful. They, they, they were just trying to open my eyes the whole time. Right. And it was just like, I don't know, the care that they took is it's just incredible. These random fucking people that just wanted me to see it and wanted me to enjoy it. And I don't know, it's just a testament to the kind of place that that was. It was amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, these PWIs weren't built for us. And that's mm-hmm. and that's just a fact, and I'm gonna leave it like that. Do like you got to you know do what's right for you, do what's right for your kid, um, but just know that they weren't spaces that were built for you. So that is something that you might feel when you're there. And with that being said, we have a very exciting. What would you do? Oh yeah. So are y'all ready? Ready. Can you actually read the letter and not paraphrase? Thanks. Oh. 
Um, okay. can, so should we just do like a beat drop or something? I'll just say like, what, what would, would you, you do? What would you do if the sun was at home? Boop, and then you clip it and then it stops and then it ends and then it's over. <laughs> I was not even going to bring up the song because I was like really not trying to get into it. But anywho, so um, this... Okay, sure. So this um, was actually a conversation that I had. So I'm sorry I don't have the uh, the receipts for you. But um, most recently, oh, Chelsea, I was with you. Oh, wait. Yeah. Wait, what's the, let me hear and I'll know. Okay, I was with you. I was with you, your boyfriend, and your boyfriend's friends. And I think you guys had had this conversation prior. Oh. But, um it was brought up again um and it was if you would send your child if you, if your child got into an ivy or an hbcu like got into what both. would you got into both yeah mm-hmm. got where, where would you push them to go mm-hmm. and it seemed as though like some of your boyfriend's friends were very pro ivy i think they like went to ha- harvard uh-huh. i almost said howard <laughs> i almost said Harvard, Harvard actually mm-hmm. um yeah they went to Harvard so they were like super pro Harvard and but like and most people were seeming to be leaning on the Ivy side but like you and your boyfriend were like HBCU side mm-hmm. so anywho I say all that to say I want to pose a question to you guys what would you do if your child got into both an Ivy League school and an HBCU and can we can we keep it Harvard and Howard? Sure. Because yeah. I feel like those that are was at the, the top of each. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Harvard and Howard. Sure. I would just want to hop in here real quick. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people already say Howard is a black Harvard. Elite. Mm-hmm. All of that has so much fucking status and, you know, history and lineage, whatever. Um, what I want to say is that, like, now we're talking. Okay. What are you going to college for? Right. Is it? the name because yeah you can go to harvard and that sounds amazing and you probably have a good education great education this is me already trying to shit on the school a phenomenal (laughs) education what okay outstand top tier whatever (laughs) but like we also just had all these conversations about the ways that college is supposed to be a time for personal growth beyond anything like i don't i learned some things at howard i'm not even doing the thing that i went to school for i did i learned that in my master's like that was that college, if anything, was a time was a coming of age for me. So mm-hmm. at the same like, you know, and I, I still got the name by going to Howard. And also, like you go to co- if you want to go to college for connections. Sure. Like Harvard is going to open up tons of doors for you. But Chelsea, you said something a little earlier about that, too. Like your network is going to be so strong coming out of HBCU. Like black people are just going to look out for you there mm-hmm. there there's literally going to be a person at, that went to an HBCU probably at wherever you're going to want to work and they're going to mm-hmm. hold you down. Mm-hmm. So, I you know, I just watched this episode of Blackish and um Junior was trying to get a job at his dad's firm and one of the guys just gave it to this dude from Harvard, Harvard off rip just because mm-hmm. they went to Harvard when Junior mm-hmm. felt like he was totally like like suitable for the job. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Granted, if he was a black guy that would have went to Harvard too, who knows, but I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to go to it for that kind of like for those connects, how do those connects apply when you're a black student that went to that yep. school? I'm not exactly that sure. Was, that was my main thing. I I think, yes, I was leaning towards an HBCU because I so not yearn for that experience. But like, I'm like, fuck, I wish I kind of had that experience, although I loved college. Um, but also, I think it really depends on the child and the person, because, yeah, Harvard is a, an incredible school. All right. 
the best school according to most people in our country um but it's i wouldn't say it's a safe space for all kids and i wouldn't say that all kids no matter how smart you are could even navigate those types of resources in that very Mm. white very rich space now some kids will go there and thrive and mm-hmm. other kids will go there and go to class, come home, go to class, come home. Mm-hmm. And really, college is, in my opinion, about networking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's a great yeah. point. It's so it really would depend on the on my kid yeah. and like their needs and where they felt safe and comfortable. Right. Shade. I mean, I'm gonna let my child pick, but if they came to me like, "Yo, mom, where should I go?" I'm saying Harvard. Sorry. Sorry about it. Why? Because it's fucking Harvard. It's like one of the best of the best. And I think that, yes, Howard is probably a great school. And I don't want people from Howard to start to come for me. But I'm just thinking she of like said probably. The, the resources that you have. <laughs> no, I wasn't trying to. <laughs> because I, I didn't go there. I'm saying like I don't know this for a fact. And yeah. I don't know this about Harvard either. Uh, yeah, for, like, in terms of like not going there literally. But I know a lot more people who went to Harvard than I know people who went to Howard. So I say that like there's just crazy amounts of resources. Like I'm thinking even from like a like just the access you have for like research and studying. Again, I don't know if you know Howard has that the same level that Harvard does. I'm thinking of those endowments. I'm thinking of those connections. I'm thinking of being the black kid at Harvard. Like mm-hmm. there's probably you know that's just small fish big pond or whatever big fish small pond whatever the one that's the good one um and yeah it's fucking harvard i want to say that my kid went to harvard and i'm sorry like y'all can come for me y'all can send me a hate mail but that's how i feel i mean i get it yeah when you were talking about like your utopian uh not society but situations i guess one of mine would be that all like our generation as we come into success and as we come into even financial success, right? We then invest in black schools um, and send our kids to black schools because the reason why Harvard's endowment is so vast beyond any other school in our country is because of the alum. And I feel like um, we need to support our own things for for it to be like that. And I understand, like, you don't want your kid to be the guinea pig, but... We can't talk about Howard like they don't have toilet paper. Like they have resources. That's a fact. Yeah, but I mean, even Glenn, you have told me some stories that you were like, mm. I mean, shit was crumbling. But that's why I loved what you just said. Um, that Ka- yes. Kamala Harris is doing like, I mean, I would go in my yes. school and there would be, it, it was just crazy. It was in like disrepair, like falling apart. But it's, you know, the money, the money we need it. I'll definitely give money to HBCUs, but I don't necessarily think that I would say, oh, I want my child to go to HBCU because, again, I don't think that there's a necessity personally to go to a solely black school. But I would definitely support like HBCUs and schools that need it for the people who want that experience. And if my child wants that experience, cool. All right. Um, So listeners, I have a present for you. Um, if you want to get your hair braided or you want to get a sew-in or you want to get a weave or you want to get a twist out or whatever you want with your hair, but you hate going to the hair salon like me, then I want you all to check out 
Yeluchi, so it's spelled Y-E-L-U-C-H-I. You can find them on Instagram, Google them online, and they actually gave us a 10% discount. So the code is BGT10. That's BGT10. Again, it's Yeluchi. I tried it. Um, it was amazing. The hairstylist Tiffany came to my house, did my hair, had all of her supplies, and was out in an hour. And it was amazing because I hate hair salons. <laughs> That's fire. I'm definitely about to use that, do that, and use our own code and get yes. the straight backs freshened up. Um, that's amazing. <laughs> Shout out to yeah, a little fuzzy. <laughs> Shout out to you, Luchi. We're, we're really happy that we are um, able to offer our listeners a chance to try out their services. Um, and before we go, I want to talk about a black girl doing shit. Um, I had the pleasure of catching up with an old friend of mine that I was in Girl Scouts with, which Shade seems to believe like nobody like she thinks Girl Scouts are strange. Didn't know that a bunch of black girls in Brooklyn were going to Girl Scouts on Fridays. I don't know. I went to Girl Scouts. Ooh, Who was there in Girl Scouts? Who was in Girl is Scouts? I was a Daisy, then I was a Brownie, then I was a Junior, and then I quit. Yep, same. How old were y'all? Like five? Through like uh, when maybe like 14? Daisy, I think you're five. Yeah, it goes up. Yes. It, it was nah, really I like a resume I, builder I kind of thing. You I got to get a. Ife Tayo. You know? each their own but there's this this chick that i always knew and uh she went on to go to um posse after high school and she went to babson um she works on like in like advertising or something now she's super impressive super amazing okay yeah um and she was telling me the story that her name is nataya and while we were in girl scouts this one of our one of this, this other girl that we were in our troop with got a hundred and fifty thousand dollars scholarship to go to Spelman because she was just applying to a bunch of stuff, and she was wow. asking her like, "Yo, what are all these scholarships? Like, I've never heard of them." And they were ha- we were having this whole conversation about how there's all this money out there to be found, but it really is almost like it's hidden. And how do you find these resources to to fund um, your your college tuition? Mm-hmm. So she started her her own organization called Seeds of Fortune. Um, and she's sent out applica- like she's working with 400 schools, 400 high schools, and they create a cohort of 20 girls um, in their junior year. They help them through their college application process, and they stay with them through college, and they help them get grants and funding. They cr- get, give them like a, a sisterhood and a bond um, to go through school with. Since she started, like I think about five years ago, they've given three million dollars in scholarships wow. and grants to these young women and this girl is 26 years old is so positive and so amazing and just and so selfless really selfless really inspiring so shout out to her yeah shout out to her that's incredible mm-hmm. i will quickly say back to the hbcu thing real fast when i visited spelman and that was my first question financial aid because i come from a single parent household and my mom couldn't afford to send me all the way to like pay full college um when I went to Spelman they basically said that they didn't have that much scholarship money so I think that is a thing people we need to invest in these schools we need to make them accessible to all black kids not just the black elite and um yeah also I wanted to say something else, but I am blinking. Well, no, that's so real. I want to say, like, I, I was fortunate enough to graduate um, Howard in four years, but so many of my friends did not. Like, one of my friends just graduated last year. She'd been in school for literally, like, seven years. 
Like, oh, she was playing. No, no, no. She like literally couldn't afford to come back. Oh, couldn't afford to. Come yes, back. Yeah. or like so many of my friends just left. She luckily like she just took. She just was committed to finishing it. So she just. It, I mean, it just it happened all the time. People used to be in the, the administration building all day, like trying to get their financial aid to come through. Um, that shit is yeah. not a game. Yeah, so, yeah. Shout out to one of the presidential candidates, Elizabeth Warren, a.k.a. the white Pocahontas. Who, <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, she claimed she's Native American and she's, don't believe you. Um, but anyways, she actually came or explained her whole plan, like if she wins, um, to basically sweep away a lot of people's um, college tuition debt because that's like a huge issue in this country. Um, she would be taxing the top 2% and basically that would give us so much money that like if you come from a family of that makes 100k or less like she, she's really trying to help people out with the school student debt issue that's fire that it should be accessible to all how so. about we get that free college though I mean I guess that's I mean I'm possible. sure there will be free colleges but they probably wouldn't be it, like Har- not Harvard it would be like right. a state school yeah. yeah. Yo, California. California has really got that figured they out. They got but them bomb ass schools. We have some cute Sunnis. Sunnis and Cunies. Sunnis can get cute. That's they true. are very cute. I, I was thinking about Baruch for a master's when I thought I was going to do right? that. Right? I wanted to go to Hunter. Yeah. That shit was so competitive. Yeah, man. Not a game. That's true. Okay. okay. But listen, well, I'm glad you shouted that girl out because. You know, if we have any of the youngins or anybody who knows some youngins, that's really, really helpful and really important. Yes. And we're getting into that time of the year. Oh, my God. I know. Graduation's coming up. So, yeah, if anybody is looking for that kind of thing, again, Seeds of Fortune. The website is seedsoffortune.org. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, All right, y'all. thank you so much for listening. As always, please like um, or rate our episodes or rate our podcast please leave us a comment that would be amazing follow us on instagram at black girls texting email us any what would you do's or black girls doing shit to hello at black girls texting.com or yes. any feedback we really want to hear from you yes and please send me your hate mail because i know it's coming and i want to see what y'all have to say i love the dialogue Yes, and if you're in the D.C. area, I really want a Howard sweatshirt. In fact, I was on Amazon last night, and my friend called me a fraud. I was going to say, you trying to false claim? Yeah, Yeah, what is that? Beyonce was wearing it in the video. I know, it's about to become this, like, cultural, like, staple. I mean, it already is. Victoria's Secret is selling Harvard, like, stuff. Yeah. You know who should give... The HBCU some money and she probably already is, but all them Beyonces and all of them, you know, they could just Beyonce I think has a specific yeah, scholarship fund for for yeah, girls you know, to go to Spelman. That would probably I take think. care of a lot of problems. Diddy too. I know, I'm right? Sure Our little, you know, little, little pseudo Howard. alumni. Right, mm. they could just throw all their money in there. Mm. But, yeah, but mm. Diddy and Beyonce are not uh, Warren Buffett and uh, and Bill Gates. Mm-hmm. But 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 no, their money I mean, can help. Their money can definitely that, help. That's that money's long. <laughs> that money is long. Oh my god, did you guys yes. see Diddy on Essence shot by Dana yes. Scruggs? That's another black oh, girl shout doing out shit. To Dana, shout out to Dana, okay. another black girl doing shit. But she deserves her whole own thing. Yeah, we're yes, gonna give her her flowers. Cover. I was obsessed. Rate, comment, and subscribe. Goodbye. Bye.